it guides it towards the uprights and it's there! Straight between the uprights it is! What a magnificent rugby league try! Oh, make no mistake, they are white hot! This will be a try! 85 metres, the most remarkable try! Guys, welcome back to the weekly blow-up. The hostess with the mostess is back after a two-week stint on the sidelines. I'm keen to get back into it. I'm keen to have a chat about some footy because uh, the past two weeks have been crazy. The boys have taken over um, for the past, obviously, the past couple of weeks. They've um, given their opinions. Apologies to everyone out there for the audio last week. Not too sure what happened there. I think um, uh, we had just a couple of uh, difficulties with the audio, but um, hopefully it all goes well this weekend. Um, It's just Josh and myself tonight for the podcast. We'll get into it first, but um, Josh, how are you, mate? How's your weekend been? I know that you're up in Queensland for the weekend. I'm sure you enjoyed and loved the we- the weather, and now you're probably going to go back into lockdown. Yep, pretty soon being down in in, in Vic. <laughs> yeah, it's like can't can't really escape it, mate. Is um, you know, when things start looking up, they uh take a turn for the worst, and yeah, chances are we'll um we'll be going back into another lockdown, mate. But uh, no, aside from that, I had a great weekend. Um, got up, saw some friends, saw some family. Obviously, saw you guys as well, and uh. And it was good, mate. It was good. Beautiful weather. So scattered out a couple of, uh, you know, little houses down south that we might look at uh, purchasing in the near future. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, mate. Yeah, things are in motion. And, uh, but no, uh, after a great week of footy, um, a weekend of footy too, you know, a couple of upsets there. I mean, your, um, your bloke's probably the upset. Well, was the Boys, upset of the round, mate? That so. was upset. That's the upset of the year so far. Yeah, isn't it? 100%. 100% so, you know. Um, but- Interesting, just about that. It's you, you're kind of waiting for the roosters to fall off, though, given the injury toll that they had, and it and it just so happened that this week was it. Yep, hundred percent. I think that that was definitely coming. A lot of people were kind of waiting to see um, Sam Walker's kind of how how Sam Walker can be contained, and I think Brisbane did it really well. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, we'll kick off the podcast with uh, round 11's scores and a, and just kind of a, a nutshell view on the game. So first off, on Thursday night, we had the Cowboys take on the Knights, uh, 36 to 20. They get the boys um, up there in Townsville, got up. Um, pretty solid game, I, like, I, like I thought. Um, I watched a couple of the highlights. I didn't get to watch the game live, but I did watch a couple of the highlights and seemed like the Cowboys just had that little bit extra in the tank to get over in like in the second half. Uh, yeah, look, they um they shifted the ball really well to the edges of Newcastle and, and the edges of Newcastle just couldn't keep up. Uh, and, uh, you know, given that, that the, you know, we have a bit of speed out wide too, it was um it was pretty good to see from the Cowboys anyway, a bit of expansive football and and uh, some quality. Yeah, there was a, a few good quality tries there. Um, but I think look, Newcastle got back into it with the two sim binnings towards the back end of the first half. So as soon as that happened, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it was good to see as a Cowboys supporter that they didn't leak any points really either side of that. It was just that period there where Newcastle kind of. Um, do, do you think that um, obviously with the two sin binnings, it swung the momentum to, towards the Cowboys way? In the second half, yeah. Because I think, you know, like we, it helped our forward rotations a lot because time alone didn't get a break. We didn't have to use an interchange on him. So we got yep. Sim Bing come back on, um, and that was it for him for the rest of the game. But Lockenberg was the other Sim Binning. Uh, okay, yep. And I think his rotation, he, he played a little bit. Uh, I think he probably played 10 minutes into the second half, and then uh, the the debut, Luke, he come on, and, and GZ was looking good. I'll tell you what. Right. And that try to get over, uh, uh, you know, to get over on your debut uh, and score a try, it's just the, the oh, emotion that he, yeah, And the emotion he showed in that as well, it just showed, you know, how much... Some of those young kids coming up want to play well for the Cowboys, and it's good to see as a as a Cowboys supporter too, mate. So, 
Yeah, big time. Um, before we move on to the next game, uh, Lockie has jumped onto the podcast finally, so uh, everyone congratulate him on jumping on on time. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. So Lachlan's Tigers uh, got defeated by the Warriors, uh, thirty to twenty six. Uh, the boys um, from the across the ditch playing some good football on that too. Um, they're looking like obviously coming out throughout the week. They had uh, a statement come out saying that they're probably going to stay in Australia for the remainder of the year. Um, so I think it's a good thing. I think th- I don't know about you boys, but do you think that the Warriors have been playing better football over here than they do? When they're at home, yeah, it's it's absolutely. a strange concept, but well, it's yeah. it's like well, how, what's what's the di- obviously the travel is the distance there, and they're yeah. doing such a great you know a great job over here and on the central coast, but like is that the reason why the the route the Warriors don't perform as well as what everyone thinks and what perform to the potential that they should be? Is that a thing? I. I still think they're playing the same footy they are, or not sort of the same footy. They're not playing better over here. They're, I think the insert of Reese Walsh has really made a different impact on that squad. Well, they were playing good oh, football last time, yeah. year, though. Before like, well, like, you look at them. Yeah, exactly right. You look at them last year. They they really excelled towards the end of the season last year, and um, you know can, can could put could potentially put some teams away at the end of last year, and then they've been playing some consistent football. I wouldn't say like. It, it is winning football, but it's not. It's just like bet, uh, a better yeah, yeah. style of football, or is it the Nathan Brown effect? No, I th- oh, honestly, mate, I think it's they um they're kind of away from extended family. They've only got their immediate family there who know what it's like to you know be in a footballer's life. So they don't have all the extended family that they would over in New Zealand. Um, and I yeah. think it's more it gives them an opportunity to focus on their football because okay. you know for a long time now that New Zealand um their criticism was that they were too much of like a bro culture, like you know, everyone was mates there. You know, they go around. You know, like it was always footy was the second option, and, and family was everything else. And you know, while that's good um, to be able to play consistent good footy, they really needed to just knuckle down and focus on playing consistent good football and being away from you know uh, their social life and, and a lot of their other family and friends and things like that. It, it gives them an opportunity to be able to just purely focus on football, and I think that's why we're seeing a. A bit of a reserve. I don't know if if the, the Warriors say, let's say they go back next year back to uh, New Zealand, if they continue to play as good a football. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see yeah. that side of things. Yeah. how how it's going to play out because it's not just um, you know, it's not just like they've got some good youngsters coming through, like Reese Walsh, like you said, Lucky. It's he hasn't left Australia yet, so you know he goes to New Zealand. A, blo- a bloke like Bailey Sirinan, uh Reese Walsh, you know, all these guys that signed this year for the Warriors, are they going to start getting homesick next year? when they go back to New Zealand and, and they are away from yeah. their family and their friends. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. Um, you touched on him, Lachlan. Reese Walsh um, is a massive inclusion for the Warriors. He's been playing some really, really good football. Um, uh, where, like, There's been talk of him potentially making the Queensland side. Do you boys think that's too early, yes or no? I think he'd play fullback or utility and we'd have a fullback and a utility. Yeah, it'd be kind of like the whole Corey Allen and AJ Brimson. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to... Well, obviously, next week we'll chat about the Origin teams because it'll be getting very, very close to that side of things. Um, But we'll move on to the next game. That was uh, the Sharks taking on the Dragons. Uh, The Sharks getting up um, in... Did it go over time? No. 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 So uh, getting up with a one-point win over the Dragons, 13-12. 
Um, look, I picked the Dragons in that one purely because I'm. I just have this feeling that the, the Dragons were going to click. Um, and you know, put some points on the Sharks. I don't know what, what you boys picked last week, but um, I just I kind of felt like that was going to happen, and then it all just kind of fell flat. And they've fallen flat <laughs> pretty much. I know this argument's been going around between you, you two, but that you know, since they picked up Josh Maguire, they've they what? How many games have they won since they picked yeah. him up? One. One. Oh, you can't this one, They had five I'm people not, out. Five uh, yeah, I know out. that, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But like, what's changed? Nothing's changed. Yeah, it's a pretty big coincidence, to be honest. So, you know, it's it, it, is it like, Lachlan, do you think it's worrying signs or do you think it's something else at play? I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with like Josh, the signing of Josh McGuire. Like, well, what do you, you look think, at, what do you think is attributed to the Dragons' downfall? I think, well, obviously, injuries for a start, like, that's a, that's a throwaway. Is okay, okay, like, counter argument. Uh, Counter argument has Melbourne dropped off. No, because like okay, well the counter argument to that, they're like their juniors or their backups are obviously run a lot better than the way they're all, like Dragons they're all professional so, players. Everyone knows that Melbourne Storm are like the elite of the elite. Like yeah, they're, but the, it's the hard because Melbourne like everyone everyone coaches different. So obviously the coaching staff of the Dragons there aren't their their main focus is the starting eighteen. And then they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we'll get to the bloody, we'll get to the the, the reserves." Like, yeah. Whereas Bellamy, like, he would have the mindset of obviously he's a super coach, same as Bennett. Like, you know, Bennett's really doing well at the bunnies. But like, <laughs> I don't think um, it's Bennett's issue, mate. There. Yeah, no, he came out and said it's a bloody attitude issue as well. Um, oh, attitude issue at the bunnies. I wouldn't have picked it. <laughs> now, boys, I've got a question. I've got a question for you now that we've that's kind of settled down. Um, uh, the at the at the end of the game there, they had um Jack Bird in the sheds, um shedding a few tears. Obviously, you, like if you've been if you've been living under a rock, you wouldn't have seen it. But the amount of uh you know media outlets, social media platforms, whatever else it might be, um a lot of people coming out and pretty much naming and shaming the people that that go out and have a go at the players on online and and through social media. Now, my question to you lads is. Um, do you think that cameras and like I, I know there's not audio, but cameras in particular should be allowed into the sheds? I think they should, but they shouldn't be able to broadcast certain things. But what's the point in having the cameras yeah. there if they can't broadcast? Yeah, it's going to be like say it's perfect state of origin. See the boys warm up, train, get together around each other, that sort of stuff at, at like at halftime or before the game, and then but then like. I like seeing that sort of stuff, but I hate seeing obviously like the Jack Bird thing where yeah. they broadcast that and they try to play like the media tries to play whatever the fuck's going on. Yep. Do you think? Do you think that it would work? Do you think that it would work if it was say, for instance, um, they had the cameras in for the warm ups? They had the cameras for you know maybe half time because everyone knows that the losing team's going to get a spray from the coach. But end of the game, I don't think I, I feel like the 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 broadcasting of the players should end once they enter the the sheds because you can like you look at some of those you look at some of those like the, like some of the clips that they've got you know there's dejected players that are having a really tough time they're zooming in obviously in Jack Berg crying he's a elite football player like you know he, we all know he can play some good footy but you know obviously he's doing it pretty tough you know all those kinds of things are we are we are we too focused on the emotions of the players at the end of the game and, and creating that kind of hype around that? Or do you think that there should be actual penalties for people that jump on and say Jack Bird's a flog, which I don't think he is, by the way. 
there, all that kind of stuff. Is. Do we think that they that, like people should be singled out and go like, you want to jump on on and bag the players that you go and pay your hard earned money to watch, and you want to bully them and 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 all the rest um, on social media? Find those people, put them across every stadium. Cannot buy a ticket. Cannot buy a membership. See you later, mate. Um, well, should, yeah. they, should the NRL take a hard stance on it and be like that person right there? Gone. Yeah. Put a red well, line through them. It's 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 a pretty fine line, uh, like between banning supporters because you know, like I can understand the frustrations of Dragon supporters at the end of that game, and then they see vision like that and think, well, if you played better football, you wouldn't be upset, you know. And it's a typical it's a typical thing is oh, they just should have played better. Like oh, you know, you you're getting paid all this money, you know, to do what? It's like okay, not every. No, people don't realize it's easy to sit there and go, "Oh, look, he gets a million dollars a season and he's useless." Like, yeah, okay, the guy gets paid a lot of money, but there's other things surrounding his rugby league career that you might not know of, and and you know, like a lot of things. You know, it, uh, to me, it just shows that um, Jack Bird is frustrated with the football that the Dragons are playing at the moment. It's good to see emotion like that, and I don't think that they should take that away. I think what they should do is, like, I don't think the issue is cameras in dressing rooms. I think the issue is people on social media. Yeah, and social I media think is an issue. Media, because... the media brings it across as well. Hey, like the way the media brings it across as well. So that was saying, like this happened with the Troll Mitchell a couple uh, last year, where he was crying in the sheds, and the media brought out that he was crying over losing the game, but it was something to do with his family. Well, same, so thing, they, same thing happened with Brody Croft as well, yeah. and they and they they slammed him. Yeah. So I think that I think it yeah it goes I think it swings both ways I think media outlets need to utilize that as a way of being like lay off the players instead of like oh here's Jack Bird oh he's crying or or Latrell Mitchell's crying because he lost the game or whatever else they should be writing articles about player safety their mental wellness health like health and all the rest because they obviously yeah there's 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 tough things but we can go into it lads but we'll move on um to the next to the next game um. We had the Titans bouncing back, beating the Bulldogs thirty to twenty. Now that scoreline doesn't seem like uh, like a very big scoreline to me. Ten points over the over the Bulldogs, and for the for the Cowboys to allow um ca- oh sorry not Cowboys the, the 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 Titans allow allow the Bulldogs of all teams to to put to put twenty points on them. It's a well known fact that the Titans are definitely leaking points and not in a good way. I just want to say a quick thing, Nathan. You like you'd be ecstatic this weekend because all three of your teams won. <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah. Hey, mate. It's yeah. all good. It's all good in this household. I don't know. I think that the Titans are real hot and cold, and like, it's easy to get. Like, I wouldn't say it's easy to get a win over the Bulldogs, but like, you'd expect a win over the Bulldogs. Like, the Bulldogs do come out and play some good footy, but like, the Titans are hot and cold. Like, they they win. Against easy teams, they obviously they lose against like the decent teams. But I thought they would have been like either a top, a top five side. Or I wouldn't say top five, top eight, top six side. A couple of weeks back, when they were going through that really, really good stage of their footy. Do you think they've they've missed David Fafita? Oh yeah, and, but you well, can't and Tino as well too. Tino's been out, so both both those players, both their marquee signings, have been pretty much out of the game for the past couple of weeks now. So. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much what separates the men from the boys is like uh, I'll say it again, separates the storm from the Titans is that the storm have a backup that they play good footy. Titans, like you can't just rely on if you have two people out, you can't or if you have two really good players, you can't just rely on them to win your games. I know Fafita's a really good player and he scores nearly two tries a game, but you can't always 
have that as a like have that as your your fall or your, your game plan. Yeah, big time. Um, AJ Brimson scoring two tries on the weekend uh, seemed uh, like seemed uh, like to be switched on and, and ready to play some football. He was really around the ball. Um, some good good tries came come out of it as well too. So uh, do we do we see going back to the Queensland side of things? Do we see AJ Brimson in the starting squad this time around? I obviously, think he, obviously he was there last year, but yeah. last year was COVID year. So, who are you? Um, do we see AJ in the in the starting lineup? Uh, well, again, my you to to put a player in, you have to take a player out, and you look at who most likely is going to be selected on the wings of Queensland. You have got Valentine Holmes and Xavier Coates. So, yep. does Brimson deserve a spot over those two? Do okay. I'll put this to you, boys. What about um, DCE at halfback, Kalen Ponger at six? AJ Brimson at fullback. No, I, no, I, who, I who are you going to put? Who are you going to put at six then? Munster. Out of Queensland. No, Munster's out. Munster's gone. He's out. Munster's I don't think Ponga's going to be either. Ponga hasn't played that much. Ponga's in. Ponga's in this weekend. Yeah, but like he can't. He's what played like four or five games. He was strong in the middle when he first come through uh, for Queensland. Strong defensively. Would you put Ponga at six and AJ Brimson at fullback? Because that's how I feel like it's going to go. DCE, Ponga, uh, AJ Brimson at the back, and Harry Granite at dummy half. That's how I see it going. Or Reed Marnie and Reed Marnie to start, uh, Harry Grant to come off the bench 20, min- 20 minutes before half time. I, I, don't, I don't see Ponga getting sick. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced on his. On his form uh, at six, given when Newcastle he he moved up there, he didn't play fantastically, and then got shifted pretty quickly to back. I, look, I really don't know who takes a six for Queensland. Um, yeah, you got to put you got to put experience there. So, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's how I see it, boys. We'll move on to the next game. Um, oh, before we do move on to the next game, did we have? Yeah, so Avarillo was playing. Uh, now, talk of Flanagan coming back into the side again for the Bulldogs this weekend. Yes or no? Good, bad? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah they, need, they need to switch it up a bit. Yeah, I think he needs I think just he needed that bit of time away. I think that he's going to have a pretty good game on the weekend, even though it is against the Panthers, which is just going to be fucking horrid for the Bulldogs. Um, right, guys, so we'll move on to the next game. We had the Mighty Broncos defeating the Sydney Roosters at the SCG, the first Queensland team to ever beat the Roosters at the SCG, ever. Really? Jeez, that's a- ever beat them. The Queensland team has never beat the Roosters until now. The Mighty Brisbane Broncos, the big boys, the big brother of, the, of Queensland, the number one. It goes Broncos, then thin fucking air, and then... Titans Cowboys. <laughs> nah, boys. I'm. I'm. I was ecstatic. Look, obviously, um, I was actually away for this, so I didn't actually get to see the whole game. I saw the last ten minutes, unfortunately, but it's on my list of things to do this weekend. This week, um, I think it was sixteen fourteen at halftime, and I was absolutely yeah. ecstatic about that. Just be able to go into the lead at halftime. Uh, David Mead scoring three tries. We had um Palacio as well too scoring on debut. Um, that was a beautiful ball by, I think it was Kelly as well too, so to be able to go through the line. Um, look, I think the big talking point isn't really about the Broncos winning. It's more about, um, well, two things actually, two big talking points. 
The, the first one that's been in the media for the past three days uh, with Victor Radley and Angus Crichton. Victor Radley, obviously, more in the media than anything, having, what was it, five? Four on reports. Four two on reports. Two, two Simbians. Now, that's insane. Insane. Yeah, um, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Look, there's an interesting... He got, oh, sorry. He's got a, five weeks, I think it might have been. Five-week yeah, ban? Yeah, from unsuccessful... Uh, yeah. he, he tried to... Um, uh, what's the word? He tried to... Uh, what's the charge? Um, um, contest it. Contest the charge. Contest it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, there was an actual interesting... Um, I think it was on Android 360 or maybe... There was a radio station I was listening to this morning anyway. They were talking about um, Victor Adley after the... Uh, the the trial. So after after he went to the match review committee and, and had the hearing and, and found out he was unsuccessful, he came out and said that uh, you know I've had some great coaches, uh, you know like throughout the grades that taught me how to, to tackle like this, and I'm not going to change my tackling style. I think what's happening in the game is bad for the game, and you know, there's nothing I can do. You know, like I'm not going to change the way I tackle, change the way I play. I'm not going to go for you know the hips because there's more chance of me being knocked out or nothing. The thing that I that really really does my head in about this is okay Victor don't change your tackling style just don't aim for dudes heads it's not that yeah. hard yeah some of, like some of those tackles what, there were just what, straight what if a player's falling? hey what if a player's falling you can't you can't pull <laughs> no no but that's that's where we that's talk a, about you know shit part of the rule five minutes in bins and things like that you know if a player's falling maybe it's on report you know yeah, that's that's for the, the rating system but uh, yeah. right now I'm talking about Victor Radley like it was just poor for him to come out and say well I'm not going to change my tackling style don't change tackling style, going to bro. Going to change his running style. Who? No, no, no. running style. No, but I'm not. This is. I'm. I'm saying this. That, that. That. This is the attitude of some players where they go, "Well, I'm not going to change anything. Why would I? Why would I aim for the hips? You don't have to aim for the hips, dude. Aim for their midsection. Don't. Don't aim for his head. It's not that hard. Like, yeah. you, you know, you think. You think. Um, if there is anyone in the entire NRL that you think would get sent off for a high shot, who do you think it would be? Jeremy Hargreaves. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Hargreaves. Do you know how many yeah. times he's been on reporter Simbind? Zero. Victor Radley, <laughs> twice in one game, four on reports, Actually, five shots. I'm pretty sure every game, every game prior to the NRL crackdown of like the head highs, Jeremy Hargreaves was put on report for like high tackles yeah. and lazy high shots. He never got, he never got suspended. Yeah. No. No, but that's, that's, that's the whole point of the rule change is to, is to kind of gut that out. So... Look, that's something that Victor's going to have to, to have to fix, and unfortunately, he's probably been taught to. Obviously, his nickname, Victor the Inflictor, he's he's been taught to inflict, you know, big hits, and that's probably poor coaching on 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 the coach's behalf, not him. It's not his fault because people would have gone, he can hit. Let's teach him how to hit like this, and that, and they've boxed him in. They haven't taught him a proper way of tackling, a proper technique. And that's and they've boxed him into that, and now he's caught in the system. Yep. So that's the issue there. Got a question for you, boys. Um, Albert Kelly making his debut for the Broncos. Absolutely killed it. The Broncos had a ninety-three percent completion rate over the weekend. Um, obviously, Tyson Gamble is uh, like you know killing it just as much, and he's got that enthusiasm that the Broncos really need. My question to you, boys, is. Um, I think Gamble is missing one or two weeks of footage. You think, like, are we going to see a Kelly Gamble combination to finish off the year for the Broncos? Depend- oh, I guess it depends on this weekend, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, that, that will be a hums arse pairing for sure. Well, you can't you can't go away from that when you put that many points on the Roosters. 
Mm. Yeah, I think just given how how uh, structured they look on the weekend and how poised they look sometimes in attack, I think, um, yeah, that definitely should be. Because I think Albert Kelly brings a smart football ahead with him. You know, like he's got the experience there. He's played for a million years, you know. Um, he's been in the NRL before. He just knows what to do at the right time where Gamble can kind of play a bit more of instinct and, you know, you, you kind of yep. need like the chalk and cheese half pairing, you know. So, uh, yeah. Now- Another question following on from that with the if, – if potentially if Tyson Gamble and Albert Kelly continue this form, because we, we all know Milford's not going to be there next year. With Adam Reynolds coming into the halves there, who do you think like is going to pair up? Do you think it's going to be Staggs, Kelly, or Gamble? Well, isn't Kelly only signed for this year? He's Stag. only signed for this year, but I'm surely he's going to get a contract extension, and so is Gamble. No, I think I think I think, uh, I think Albert Kelly gets pushed to reserves in case Gamble or Reynolds gets injured. But who plays five eight? That's what I'm saying. I think, I think it'll be Adam Reynolds and Katoni Stags will be the highest pairing, and I think I, they'll they'll pick either Gamble or they'll pick um, Albert Kelly as backup. I think I think Gamble's got it ahead of Kelly. Or they could throw well, a spanner in the works. Previous. They could throw a spanner in the works and sign million dollar Milford again for another ten year contract. Yeah. Oh, please don't. I <laughs> can get rid of everyone. I just undo everything that they've done. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you have Stags, who his previous form in the halves before he injured. Oh no, I'm sorry, the uh, centers before he injured. He was on fire. Yeah. Like he was carrying the Broncos. So I don't know why you'd shift him out of a spot where he's performing. Okay, perfect he's reason. He's put him in a position where he's not playing well. Okay. It's like Milford. Milford's a fullback, but he's playing 5'8". He's playing, he's playing shit footy because he's out of position. Perfect reason as to why uh, Staggs at 5'8 will work is because the Broncos looked good last year when Staggs had the ball. So the more yeah. you get the ball in the Staggs' hands, the better it is for the Broncos. Now, with Adam Reynolds coming in next year, he can do everything. He can kick. He can set plays. He can, you know, pass the ball, that sort of shit. Stags literally has to get it and run. That's all he has to do yeah. is play a purely, so purely he's, he's only wearing a number six jersey and just run. You could have done that number three. Well, mate, hey, look, look, at all the, look at all the good halves pairings that have won grand finals lately. Okay, one more thing, boys, and we'll move on to the next game. I know I'm kind of cutting you a bit short there, but, oh, it pains me to say it. What if uh, Reynolds-Milford combination sticks? Milford hasn't shown enough, mate. Milford plays, his, Mel, Milford plays his best football when he's got a half that can oh, yeah. control the game and, and let him do his running. Do you think that that's think, kind of in the back pocket of Brisbane? I think I think that's – like, I personally think it's a good idea because you have – at the moment, Milford – It hurts like, my fault to say it, though. Everything was put on Milford's shoulders to carry the team. Yeah. When he's more of a running 5'8", like, he doesn't have – like, he has no – like, he does have structure, but he's not the cool head like Adam Reynolds. If, yep. So, if he has Adam Reynolds there, it's, it's, it's kind of like a – Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker, buddy, um, pairing. If the, yeah. Where you if, have a run five eight, if, who does play footy. If the Broncos re-sign Milford, they should just nuke the entire club. Yeah, that's, I'll that's be going for the, the Firebirds or the whoever yeah. the next buddy team is. I don't know. Yeah, that's much easier. <laughs> yeah. Right up, boys. Moving on to the next game. Um, a pretty crazy game. This was I actually watched. This is the only game I watched over the weekend. Oh, no, and the Eels. Oh, no, and the – yeah, well, obviously, yeah, the, the Bunnies, the, the Sunday games. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but I did get to watch this game. I sat down for this one. Raiders uh, losing to the Melbourne Storm 34-10 to 10, um, at the ACT at home. Uh, they got belted. Um, second The, the second half just kind of they, – they blew them completely off the park. 
completely off the park. A soft Solomona grabbing two tries. Um, it just went free for all. He, that try that the second try that um, like a soft Solomona scored, man, Tom Starling, that poor bloke, oh, yeah. he would have just like his world would have spun. <laughs> just try. I said to him, I was like, I was just like, just hold on, mate, just hold on, and don't just close your eyes and, and whatever happens happens. Just go limp if you need to, but. Look, looking at, you know, the the performance of the, of the Storm, I know there's a lot to get into the Raiders and, and we don't have much time here, but, um, like, Nico Hines is killing it. And I know that there's been a ton of talk around him. Um, looking at the Raiders, though, in, in in other news, like, far out, man. George, the George Williams saga going back and forth, media outlets coming out and saying this, that, and all the rest about the poor bloke. Um not so much George Williams actually leaving, or him leaving, and not so much the player as such, but the club as a whole. What is this? This what is going on? They went from a top four side to they they are what are they sitting now on the ladder? They are sitting eleventh uh, and quickly eleventh. Yeah, eleventh. Look, like equal eleventh with the ninth. I heard um, there was a rumor getting around about Magic Round that there was a, a coach at a hotel where a lot of other teams were staying, and he blew up spectacular at the food and the service, and he thought it was shit and horrible. And and um, there were uh, unconfirmed anyway, unconfirmed reports coming out that that was Ricky Stewart. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so like whole, that's like the whole um, the other incident that came out. About someone getting on the piss and abusing someone or punching someone. And nah, that was Adam O'Brien. Yeah, that was the Knights, wasn't it? Yeah, the races. Yeah, but they said, they said buddy, really short at the start. But I don't know. <laughs> I think there's enough. I think they're falling in the rabbit hole of losing. Yeah. Like you know when you just, like they're in the mindset where they're, they're look. Go they've got there. they've got so many players out though. Like obviously George Williams is gone. Jack Whiten hasn't been playing the best football. Jared Croker has been injured for pretty much the entire season. Josh Papali is, um, you know, struggling to be on the field mentally wise, physically wise. He's not doing very well. Charles Nickel Boxstad at the fo- at the back is just is, is like gone. He's just had surgery today. Um, you know, uh, Josh Hodgson relinquishing rel- relinquishing himself of the captaincy, and then obviously I think he pulled out of the game. Was did he pull out of the game, or no, he, he, he 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 come off the bench? Who? Josh Josh Hodgson. No, he was out of the game. He didn't play. Yeah, so like you look at all those those numbers, man. They've been raven pillaged. Okay, but put to post. Um, the halves pairing of Melbourne uh, were yeah, Chris Lewis, who's the second row, and uh, Cooper Johns, who has probably only played like two or three games. So, look, I know we we, we like to say Melbourne, their system's different, yada yada, all sort of shit. But regardless, two a halves pairing where they don't have much experience. They've hardly ever played in the halves. You've got a second row playing at 5'8". To still put 34 points on any rugby league team is yeah. terrible. Mate, it yeah, could you there. imagine if Melbourne were, were full strength? Mate, they would have flogged them. Flogged. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. I just Absolutely. want to get back to the days real quick. Like, what, like what, ha- what, what is going on there where players, are they're, they're withdrawing themselves from the games and not like they're, they're, they're saying, I don't want to play. Like, Apparently, it's... um. Apparently, it's Ricky Stewart's, uh, Ricky Stewart's coaching style. So there was a story. It's on. Um, uh, but they've uh, been doing that for how many? How many years have, has Josh Hodgson been under uh, under yeah. Ricky Stewart? Like yeah. what? Five? Like ridiculous amount of years. Yeah, but it wears thin. At some point, your coaching style wears thin. 
And, you know, you, a player that is there for five years, you know, at some point he goes, well, mm. I'm starting to get the shits with this. Bateman last year was the first one to go, well, nah, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not putting up with this shit. So he yeah. left, went back to England and everyone else. It, I reckon it all just fell apart at that point. You know, yeah. everyone started going, well, shit, he's left. You know, he's gotten out. Like, why can't I? Does it does it stem from when you lose consecutive games? That's oh, it would be. Players start looking around, like looking looking at someone to blame. Yeah, hundred percent. And it'd be less less of an effort, less effort to you know to make a tackle or those one percenters, all that kind of stuff. Talking about how, oh, go go look quick. I, I just don't understand how like there can be an issue with the coaching style when the previous years, previous what three years, yeah. they've been in the top four. They've been killing it. They're a top four side. I don't know what's going on. They won. They um, won three out of the their first four. Like it's not like yeah, they they started badly and. It just went south. Yeah. Who? What are the teams they played though? Uh, they played the Titans, the Tigers. <clears throat> sorry, they played uh, the Tigers. They played uh, Cronulla. They played. Uh, they lost the Warriors. Um, yeah, right. And they beat the Titans, and then it was yeah. like they got towed up by Penrith, but who hasn't been towed up by Penrith? And then they <laughs> lost to Parramatta. Yeah. And then it, well, it, talking. Talking, sorry, Josh. We've got to move. We've got to move forward, boys. But um, talking about those two teams, Penrith um, defeating the Rabbitohs, fifty-six to twelve. Uh, a great game by Panthers, an appalling game by the Rabbitohs. And uh, Bennett made it known. Benji Marshall didn't even get one second on the field. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. Bennett, Bennett had the perfect reason in the post conference. I don't know if you guys watched the post conference or not, but he came out and said that um, uh, Benji Marshall isn't known as a great defender. And to be honest, we weren't defending out there. <laughs> You're not going to put your best attacking bloke out when you need to make tackles. <laughs> that's for sure. Imagine that would have been yeah. 100 nil if they put Benji out there. I think, um, yeah. Look, that's just uh, like I wasn't. I was obviously we went. All, we all went pretty much expecting. The Rabbitohs to play the way they did, um, but you can kind of uh, forgive them for playing the way they did because that's the first game that they've been able to play full strength again. Well, minus, minus Cam Murray, they're full strength though. Full strength. What was that full strength? Well, I just, I don't know. I think they're starting to fall down the rabbit hole of losing. Nah, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, um, the bunnies are going down the bunny hole. <laughs> um, look, Penrith, man, they were insane. Uh, Matt Burton scoring a bunch of bloody tries. Uh, Nathan Cleary looked like he had the ball on a string. Uh, just pretty much riding himself into NRL folklore at the moment. They're abs- the Penrith are absolutely killing it. And that goes back to what you were saying, Lachlan, about that winning culture. You know, If you're losing, you've got that losing culture. You're just kind of praying that the game just goes quickly and it's over and done with. Whereas the Pan- Panthers look like they're like they want to play another eighty minutes straight after the game's done. They're it's just the energy that they they're coming onto the field and playing with is in, is just infectious for everyone in that club. I got a I got a question for you. So they, so I'll, I'll give you this question first. Is it too early to say that um, Nathan Cleary is going to win the Dally M and Golden Boot? Oh, well, he's on the top end in the moment, isn't he? Very, very closely by Tom Jaboyevich, man. He's coming in hot, and we're about to chat to him about it, about him yeah. in a second. Um, I, I think if if Cleary, I, it's hard to see him losing another game, like losing a game this year. I, I think if anyone, they're going to lose to Melbourne. But I think 
yeah, without a doubt, man, we're looking at Cleary being – you know what? Something else actually in, insane. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but Nathan Cleary and Brian, uh, and uh, Jerome Luai, they're, they're one and two in the tri-assists. Which is insane. How is how is how is two halves in one team, one and two, and then how, not- how do you beat how do you beat a team like that? You can't. How do you beat because uh, you, you've got two attacking sides both just killing it. They're going to score from anywhere. It's not like they've got one point of the the field where you've got to you know defend in a certain way. It's that is a that is a team that is just firing on both engines yeah. and every. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone stops them, man. Every every no, part of the field. Every single part of the field, they're they're a complete football team. Like it's it's yep. crazy. You can't you can't pick a weakness. It's not like you can wait for their interchange to come on and then do something miraculous because their interchange is playing just as good as their starting forwards. Like yep. how do you how do you beat a team like that? It's crazy. Next question. <laughs> way question never. Is it way too early to uh for sports bet to cash yeah. out on the Panthers winning the premiership? Yes. No, no, it's no. not too early. They, they, um, they probably should. Is it too early to say that he'll be an immortal? Oh fuck yeah! Way early. That's way too early. Why? How many? How many? How many seasons does Nathan Cleary have under, have under his belt right now? Uh, I think he's yeah, like, like look at the footy he's been playing for the past two years. Get back to me when he's the when he's the captain of Australia, when he's the captain of the yep. Blues, when he's won eight in a row, when he's got five Premiership rings. When he's won Dallium, when he's won Golden Boot, when he's done all that kind of stuff, he has got so much to do. Yeah, he's won nothing. He's literally won nothing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like as 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 good as the Panthers play right now, at the end of the day, to be an, to be an immortal though, you have to have the accolades. Like you've yeah, got it. Everyone was talking about Thurston to be you know considered uh, like an immortal. He had to win a grand final. If he didn't, he'd be like, yeah, he was a good player, he was great, but he could never get his team there. And if Cleary, like, okay. They're playing good now, but Cleary in big stages last year completely dropped off the face of the planet. And to be an immortal, you need to go into arenas like that, and they need to be your arenas. You know, you need to be the best player out there. And Cleary at the moment hasn't been that. I'd I'd put uh, Cameron Munster ahead of Nathan Cleary in the in the immortal stonks right now. I, would, I was literally just uh, you and I are on the same wave then there, Josh, because I was thinking the exact same thing. Munster's way ahead of him. And he may not be playing the best football right now. No. But, but they're both we're not, we're not, they've got yeah, yeah, plenty of their career to go through. Yeah. And and you look at you look at Munster, he like he, he has the guys around him the same way as Nathan Cleary does. Yet Munster shows up in big games. Like he showed up at Origin last year, he showed up in the grand final. You know, he's always consistently one of the best players on the park, if not the best player. And that's why I think yeah. that, yeah, Cleary, while he may get there, that's you know, eventually, I think right now, he um, it's it's it is it's he's way got, too he's early. Got a lot to do. About an immortal, so. yeah. He's got a lot to do. Right, boys, and we'll and we'll um finish with the last game of the round. We had the uh, the Parramatta Eels losing to the Manly Warringah Seagulls, twenty eight to six. Um, look, man, that was a that was a clinic. Now I've got a question for you boys. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, are we are we putting yes. the are we putting a line through the eels here after that loss? Oh no, not yet, not yet. No, I no, not with the recent form that Manly's been in. I probably we, put I okay, probably here's put the, the okay. Here's my here's my follow up question. Sorry, before Josh, you take over. Um, are we going to yeah. see Manly in the top three by the end of the year? 
was yeah. going to be my question. I, I was literally about to say that. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> hey, yes, rolling sick. How good is that? Um, yeah, look, I'll, I think I'll, they, I think they take I think they take the eels. I think they pop up to where the eels are and they push yeah. everyone down. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say then. Exactly. And yeah, that, that possibly happened. No, that can't happen this weekend. I, I still they can jump. Know, they can jump into fifth. It still it still absolutely blows my mind that we're talking about Manly being a top three side in the NRL. But it's I mean, insane, hey? They keep playing. I'm pretty sure if you go back to football, I had them finishing first. What was that, like? If you go back and look at my tips, I had them finishing first. You did not. Yeah, bull, yeah, bullshit. We <laughs> <laughs> hey, can one. go back and have a look. Um, look, that was that was a clinic by by um, by Manly. Now, I, I guess I'm doing a lock in here. I'm asking a bunch of questions, but are we okay? Uh, the next question I've got for you boys is for Manly. Are we going to see uh, Josh Shuster have the starting role over Kieran Foran by the end of the year? Yes. Yes. Do you think that the do you think Manly are a stronger team with Foran and Schuster in the team, or do you think that it's just just it's Schuster's job? Yeah, I think it's just Schuster's job because there was there was a perfect play there where he held the ball up and showed patience well beyond his years. He had to hold the ball up; just it was half a fraction, sec- like half a second, like just held it up, held it up just a tiny bit more. The winger yeah. in and in created space on the outside, and you don't see that from a half of the five eights in the competition. You know they're, yep. they're too quick to pull the gun, you know, pull the trigger, and and let a let a rocket fly or whatever. But to be able to show patience, like because he, we all forget he is playing second row for Manly. Well, he was anyway, but he grew up as a halfback. He he's been a five eight his entire football career. So uh, you know it's only natural that he would take that spot. It's you know it's the next guy up, and and it's no coincidence that Manly been playing this good of football um, with Schuster in at six. Yep. Big time. I got a question for you. Okay, mate. Last question of the podcast before we wrap it up. Um, so, obviously, with Origin coming up, Manly will be missing. I'm going to say probably three or four players. So you got Tommy, Jake, and DCE. Who's your fourth? If they aren't losing. Uh, I don't know the fourth one is. No, third. Third. Okay, so three. Yep, yep, yep. Three. Um, obviously, they're three main players. Um. If they over the over the Origin series, if they lose it like consecutive games, will they do you reckon they'll be able to get back out of a rut? Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah. If if like regardless if whoever wins Queensland and New South Wales, DC is going to come out with a ton of confidence, or Jake and the Jaboyevich brothers are going to come out and be like, like if you're a Manly fan and like you're wanting New South Wales to win, if you're if you're even if you're a Queensland supporter, you know what I mean. So like. Because they're going to be glowing with confidence once they come out, and then Manly will be; those two boys will be very, very hard to stop if they come out with a win from Origin. Yeah, and look, I think Manly I think, will suffer throughout the Origin period. They're going to suffer big time, but like, yeah, it, it isn't. You can say the same about Melbourne. It isn't the first time that Manly have been in a rut this season, and A. Travoyevich has come back in, and they've started winning games miraculously. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it again. Yep. All right, boys, we'll wrap the podcast up there. Um, guys, make sure you tune in to uh, our next podcast. It, it will be our tipping podcast. So uh, myself and the boys will give our um, tips on what we think is going to happen over the weekend. But to, to finalize the podcast, lads, anything to say before we wrap it up? Cowboys in the eight. Adios. <laughs> They're not quite, are they? They're not there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right boys um thanks guys we'll um we'll or see you guys all next week make sure you yeah you do tune into that next podcast bye